Welcome back to Rocktail Hour, an hour's worth of rockin' good time in about 10 to 15 minutes with your good buddies Tim, Treg, and Michael. Once again, we have our guest, J.D., who is Treg's cousin. As always, we bring you the stories behind the greatest rock and roll tunes of all times and provide you with other interesting ruminations about the songs that have inspired us over the years. Today we have an interesting rock tale that's going to be presented to us by Treg, and he is going to tell us the story behind Reject by Green Day. This is another listener request. Got a lot of punk music fans out there, so uh, this is a great song if you like punk, but the the story behind it is pretty interesting. In 1996, uh, there was a woman whose eight-year-old son received from his grandmother uh, a copy of Green Day's fourth album called Insomniac, and there wasn't any sticker on it that marked it as explicit. And so mom has an eight-year-old son listening to this album, and she was appalled by it, so she wrote a letter to the band. And in her letter, uh, she excoriates them for putting out what she considered to be such garbage. She talks about how her eight-year-old son received the album, totally unaware of the explicit content, and she asks, isn't it possible to make music anymore? This tape isn't uh, something that a a singer should take pride in at all, and she talks about how horrible it is as an art form, and uh, why don't you clean up your act, in essence. She goes so far as to call the album trash and encloses it in the letter back to the band. Well, the lead singer for Green Day, Billy Joe Armstrong, sends a handwritten letter back to the woman. And in the, in the letter, he says, I received your letter, and this is my response. I don't write music for parents, grandparents, or eight-year-olds. I write for myself, and I'll say anything I damn well please. That's the difference between you and me. I do what I want. You do what you're told. Obviously, we're not on the same planet, let alone the same ballpark. I find people like you offensive, and it helps me to know you won't be buying any more of our records. Next time I suggest you do a little research before you purchase such rubbish for your little boy, it might save you a few extra bucks. So based on this letter that Billy Joe Armstrong wrote back to this woman, he pens the song Reject. And he uses some of the language from his letter uh, as part of the lyrics. I've got sort of mixed feelings about this. I love rock music, and I understand that sometimes there are some mature themes and sometimes uh, some language in it that I don't want my kids to to listen to. So I try to be very careful about the music that I listen and that I put on my iPod, Uh, try to filter out anything with explicit content, and I appreciate the labels that are on the music now. Uh, I notice them on iTunes. They'll they'll note when a song is explicit so that you can know what what you're buying. I guess it's unfortunate that the woman who bought Insomniac didn't have one of those stickers, or or that may never have happened. But at the same time, the liberal in me and the attorney in me sees the right of an artist to manifest their expression in whatever form they see fit. Uh, And as long as someone who's purchasing the album or listening to the album has notice of the explicit content in the album, then uh, who am I to say they're not permitted to put something like that out. It's kind of interesting that we follow up Don McLean's uh, The Day the Music Died with a song by Green Day where, where the message is, I'm going to play whatever music I want and don't care what you say. So you've come a long way from Elvis in, in the 50s to now Green Day in the 90s and the 2000s that are playing anything they want and singing anything that they want. 
Yeah. I find it interesting when the idea was first passed around about putting explicit content advisory on the, on the covers of albums that there was such an uproar in the music industry. First of all, for years, they've been putting those on movies. And that's a great guide for parents to be able to say, okay, you know, maybe I'll let my children see this movie, but maybe I won't let them see this one. Um, I remember particularly Dee Snyder from uh, Twisted Sister even went so far as to speak before Congress saying, you know, you're censoring us and you are taking away our, our free speech. And I don't see this as a free speech issue. No one has taken away their right to produce music with the lyrics that they want to write. But what it does is give parents an opportunity, or or even kids for that matter, who um, want to d- choose for themselves what types of lyrics that they'll listen to, uh, the opportunity to be able to know that before they spend their money on it and then decide that it's not for them. So, you know, while I respect anybody's right to say what they want to say, even if I disagree with it, um, you know, I, I would like to have the opportunity, not only as a consumer, but as a parent to be able to say, look, you know, this may be not for me or for my kids. I think there may be a deeper question, uh, and that relates to not just lyrics that are explicit or vulgar, but lyrics that might drive people to do things. For example, I understand that there was a lawsuit uh, brought against Judas Priest because there were two boys who, well, they tr- they they had a suicide pact. One of them did successfully commit suicide. Uh, The other one pulled the trigger on the gun, but he seriously disfigured himself, but he he didn't actually die at the time. He didn't commit suicide. And, And he claimed that he and his friend were driven to suicide by this song by Judas Priest. Ozzy Osbourne has been sued over 25 times by parents of children who have uh, committed suicide, uh, ostensibly in response to his song, Suicide Solution. There's another one, too. The boys who shot up the Columbine School claimed that they were influenced by Ramstein and Marilyn Manson, I believe. And it's kind of interesting that the day that uh, I heard that, I received in the mail a copy of Ramstein's album. I'd heard one song uh, by them, Du Hast. What a great song. Loved it. You know, this great driving beat. And so I ordered the album based on that song alone. And then I get the album, and I hear that it was influential to these boys who shot up Columbine. So I was a little worried about that. And then I went, it's, it's all in German. So I went online to try and find a translation of the lyrics into, uh, into English. And, oh, I was so appalled by the lyrics that uh, I immediately got rid of the album because it was just so foul and offensive. Even if it was in another language, you know, I didn't want any part of that. So I, that, so I think the deeper question is, uh, to what extent should artists try to avoid messages that might have such an impact on someone as to go and commit suicide, you know, advocating suicide? Well, the problem that you have is that those kinds of messages sell with the male teenage crowd. And I, forever, that's been the driving force behind rock and roll is teenage males who who are unhappy and and. They manifest that through the music that they listen to. And the problem is, is that, you know, sometimes those messages are are pretty bleak in in the songs. And that's not my cup of tea. And maybe it is for somebody else. I did like Judas Priest. I do like Ozzy Osbourne. Um, But I I hesitate to listen to songs that are are terribly negative just because, again, they're, they're just not for me. There are messages other than just commit suicide. You know, there's do violence to other people. 
Yeah, Trey, you know, I think that you, I think the way you posed the question uh, really kind of answers it for me, at least. I mean, I think the way you said it was, you know, to what extent should artists take care to write lyrics, you know, with, a, with an idea towards its, its impact uh, on, on behavior? I think that really is what the question should be, is to what extent should artists uh, regulate themselves? And I think the, the real, the, the, the problem has been, and particularly in these parent movements, um, you know, and then the lawsuits against Judas Priest and things like that, the, the question often gets framed as to what extent should the government be doing it? Uh, and I think that's really where the, 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 the false uh, dichotomy is. It, it shouldn't be the government, and to the extent that there is some regulation, it should be self-regulation by the artists. I mean, hopefully we have artists who care about, you know, what the impact of their lyrics and their songs are. I don't think there's much of a question that, you know, violence begets violence and that people who consume violence uh, are more likely to act out in violence. And so, you know, if I, if I were a recording artist, I, I would certainly have, uh, you know, some consideration to the effect that my lyrics would have and, and wouldn't want to be putting that kind of, you know, garbage out on the airwaves. Um, but when it comes to the question of whether government should be doing this, I, you know, I think it's the, it's the price that we, that we pay for living in a free society, is that we don't censor, we don't have the government uh, telling artists what they should be talking about or what they could be talking about um, because it might have a violent impact or a detrimental impact on society. I think it does. Um, but, you know, it's, again, it's the price of a free society that we have to accept those sort of things. Um, because we cherish the ideals of a, of a culture and politics and society um, where we don't restrict what people can say. Michael, is there some First Amendment restriction on uh, music? I, not that I know of. I mean, certainly if the government uh, um, tried to legislate uh, violence out of music, there would be First Amendment protections that would say you can't do that. What about hate speech or advocating overthrowing the government, you know, other traditional areas that are um, possibly regulated by the government? I, th I think that you could be thrown in jail for sedition if uh, you're, certainly if you were Muslim and putting out songs that said you should overthrow the U.S. government, you'd probably find yourself uh, in Guantanamo or uh, in jail <laughs> in the United States. Well, Rage Against the Machine yeah. would have been in jail a long time ago <laughs> if that true. was regulated. <laughs> But on a serious note, as an artist, don't you think these individuals should feel some sense of responsibility? I don't believe that Ozzy or Judas Priest drove these boys to kill themselves. And that's just my opinion, but clearly they must... that's what the courts have found, too. Right. And clearly they must have been disturbed uh, enough to read that meaning into the song. But as an artist, if, if I felt like... Okay, back. let me back up. I'm not an artist, but if I were, I hope I would feel some sense of responsibility toward the people who followed me, that I would try to avoid anything that might give someone cause to make that type of decision. I don't know, maybe that's a utopian view. Maybe maybe I'm a little Pollyanna about that, but I would hope I would have some responsibility that way. Yeah, you would hope that. I, I, I subscribe to this magazine that talks about um, video games a lot. Um, it's not a video game magazine. <laughs> I get Game Informer too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there was a, a review about a, a video game, and the they had a, an article by the creator of the video game. And I went and watched a, uh, I went to watch a preview of the video game online, and it was the most horrible thing I'd ever seen. I shut it off after about five seconds, and I wrote a, a letter to the magazine, and I said. Um, you know, he may be expressing his creative freedom, but 
I said, I was so appalled and horrified by this. And they wrote a response to that in the magazine, the editor did. And they said, yes, it's true. But it seems like now that we do have that in place, those those ex- explicit lyric uh, notifications to let you know that something is explicit, now it seems like it should be up to the parents. Because I had Green Day album. It had an explicit lyric thing. I knew exactly when the swear words were and I knew where the mute button was. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and for me, I didn't want to hear that, but I really liked the music, so it was kind of an internal conflict, too. I, I will have to admit there's a Nickelback song that I love that's got some language in it, uh, but it is such a powerful song about... Um, a boy watching his mother get beat up by his father, you know, it is it is really a powerful song, and you got to have some language in there. And I just I'm the same as you. I know when the mute button is, and I hit it. And, but that that would be a tough song to play without having some strong language in it. Well, you know, there are documented cases where where people have been driven to do some strange things through the through the music that they're listening to. Um, I wasn't going to bring this up, but I do have a lawsuit pending uh, against the artist Tiffany and her cover <laughs> of I Saw Her Standing, I Saw Him Standing There by the Beatles. And I was forced to throw my boombox down uh, very hard against the ground and smashed it into a million pieces. And I feel like there should be some compensation based on those actions. I can't speak much more about the case because my attorneys have barred me, but <laughs> hoping for a good outcome there. <laughs> So in conclusion, I think we do need to add one more attorney disclaimer, lest our podcast drive anybody to suicide. Yeah. Please don't try this at home, kids. Yeah, if you just don't like our podcast, stop listening to us now. (laughs) Cool. All right. Well, good discussion. Thanks, guys. Uh, To our listeners, we appreciate you. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Twitter. And you can email us at dudes at rocktailhour.com. As always, we welcome your suggestions for future podcasts. Please contact us if you have uh, any requests. And otherwise, until next time, rock on. Rock on.